What's up, everyone? Welcome to Fightful. I'm Denise Salcedo. Welcome to the stream. Today, we are going to be chatting all things New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 16, Night 1 and Night 2. First and foremost, thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, I know I don't normally get to do solo live streams here on Fightful, so today is a very exciting one. Every now and then, uh, I get to do one of those, so I'm very excited to kind of get started because we got so much to talk about. We literally have several matches that went down that took place in both night one and night two of Wrestle Kingdom. We got some pretty good stuff, especially when it comes to the main event scene. And I would say that for the most part, we had two polar opposite days. We had Wrestle Kingdom night one that was kind of not that great. We had some good main events, but other than that, the show was kind of like, it wasn't necessarily the greatest. And then we had night two, which was pretty dang good. At least I would say, I think from like the top of the car, to like the end of the card I thought it was a pretty solid night so night two definitely kind of turned things around for New Japan so I enjoyed myself but before we get started I do want to let you guys all know as you already know here uh, if you do send in a super chat or a humper chat at any point in the stream it very much helps me out it helps Fightful out just continues to help us grow and you know all of that good stuff and I will make sure to read your comment your statement or your question here on the air so if you guys want to get your thoughts and on how you guys felt about Wrestle Kingdom either night one or night two you are more than welcome to go ahead and send those in and we're getting some comments going for the most part and uh, we got a funny comment here from Vaughn Twin Blade who says Denise has the power now uh, I definitely have the power unfortunately the only option uh, the only person I can mute is myself which just would which would just be very very unfortunate so we're definitely not going to go ahead and do that also before we get started I do want to let you guys know so I'm going to be recapping everything in a nice chronological format because I think that just makes things a lot easier. There are going to be some more matches that I talk about more than other matches just because there's more things to say about certain ones than others. And on top of that, I'm going to try to provide you guys with like a little bit of background in terms as to why these matches came about and essentially what the story was as we move forward. So uh, we got our first super chat of the day. Uh, so shout out to Vaughn Twin Blade for getting things going on here. Says Denise has the power no one can mute her now uh no one can mute me only myself i will not do it uh so thank you so much to von twin blade uh for getting us started here with the super chats as well um once again guys uh you can send in a super chat or you can also send in a humper chat uh joe pearl is monitoring this stream here for me today uh he has posted the link in the comments section if you guys do want to go ahead and send in a humper chat and he will make sure to you know categorize it and you know place it all in the match as we get to so that once we start talking about a certain match it'll immediately pop up there and we'll make sure to talk about all of that here today all right so let's go ahead and get into it guys wrestle kingdom night one show versus yo all right so um i kind of already said that night one wasn't necessarily the greatest and oh, i kind of bummed me out guys uh i don't know how many of you guys watch the show and how many of you are just listening to the review but I feel that night one kind of got me like a little bit uh it, it didn't get me like excited like I was looking forward to the show and then night one just kind of like brought me down uh I didn't feel like as hot and ready as I thought that I was going to feel and so I was show versus yo the opening match of night one was one of the matches that I was very much 
looking forward to. Like I was very excited about, you know, I've been a fan of them since, you know, they were teaming up with Rapun they were Rapungi 3K. So I was definitely, you know, a fan of theirs and a fan of the story because, uh, you know, Sho and Yo have broken up. They're no longer a team. Obviously, you know, they're here today, uh, you know, fighting and whatnot, but they've been broken up now, you know, for several months happened in, back in 2021. So it's been a hot minute. So we essentially saw Sho turn on Yo to basically align himself with the house of torture. Now, one of the common things that I think you're going to be hearing a lot on this show is just how much I am not a fan of the house of torture. Like I legitimately guys, I cannot not, not stand. I can't stand the house of torture and a lot of the stuff that they were involved in uh, from both night one and night two was absolutely killing me. But here's the thing. I think that the problem with the house of torture, honestly, and the reason why I can't get behind them or why I can't get invested in their matches is because uh, they, they, they always rely too much on outside interference. And so, you know, it's coming and then it ends up happening. And for me, it's like, I I don't want to see um, I don't want to have to like know that I'm always going to be getting these outside interferences in this match. And for me, in my honest opinion, show is somebody who is so talented and he should be seen as a level or like be on the level of like Hiromo Takahashi or somebody like that. And for him to essentially be in the house of torture, I feel is sort of um, it's kind of holding him back. I feel like the character the gimmick isn't allowing him to really show his full um his full ability that he's able to do like in this match against yo we saw glimpses of like show and like the stuff that he's really good at and whenever we did see glimpses of that show that's when this match was actually good but other than that i didn't think it was a strong opener i thought that it could have been um a lot better and it kind of unfortunately set the tone for a night that was going to be a little bit underwhelming uh we did see that outside interference was I was mentioning we do see a lot we saw Dick Togo essentially distract the referee and the show ends up tapping out but the referee misses that but in the end we do see yo win with a roll-up so it was kind of a disappointing match um and like I said I think it's kind of holding back a uh, show to be part of the house of torture so let's get some thoughts guys already starting off with some controversy uh how did you guys feel about this match let's go ahead and see what you guys are saying um this is a super chat from Sheldon Jackson and thank you so much to Sheldon. Uh, Sheldon says, the house of torture is bad. It's predictable and evil is not a main eventer, no matter how hard they try. And here's the thing, like, um, obviously we'll talk about evil a little bit more as we continue on and, you know, talk about his matches and all of that good stuff. But I hate to say it, guys, like for the majority of the show, I'm going to have to bury, I'm going to have to bury the house of torture. And let me tell you guys something. So really quickly, like this wrestling schedule this week has been insane especially since i'm covering like pretty much every single show so i've literally been waking up at 6 7 a.m to watch wrestle kingdom and i'm done like about like 8 39 depending on what time i started and watching the house of torture matches at like 6 7 a.m when i'm still half asleep was torture it was torture uh, but either way we'll go ahead and continue on uh thank you so much to sheldon jackson for getting in that super chat uh, we got a, co a couple of comments here uh this one is from roman who says i can't stand the house of torture it's the least spicy take in the whole western wrestling fandom because because it's true you can't argue if it's true right 
Well, we'll see. I hope that no uh, hardcore uh, House of Torture fans are in this stream because then they're going to completely bury me and kill me in the comments. Uh, but we got I think for the most part, we got a couple of people uh, agreeing with me here today. All right, guys, let's go ahead and continue on and continue talking about Wrestle Kingdom night one. Let's get into the next match. Uh, we had Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, Taguchi teaming up with Rocky Romero and uh, versus Kenta El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori. So um, this, to be honest, guys, this should have been the opening match. I thought that for the most part, if I'm comparing the opener and I'm comparing it to the six man here, I thought that this one was just um, so much more livelier. It got off to a harder start. That's for sure. Because they started moving, you know, in a faster pace. And for me, that's a good, op like, if you're going to have no, like for me, opening matches, I prefer them to be, you know, a fast pace to really get the tone set for the night. So I kind of thought that this one was a little bit stronger on that end, but it, it was a little fun. It wasn't the greatest match, but it was still a little bit fun. Um, but really what it was, was just a preview of the day two matches, because obviously, you know, day two, we saw Kenta and Tanahashi. So we saw a little preview of that in this match here. Um, so that's pretty much what this was. Um, one of my things that I like was obviously I think the funny parts were Taguchi you know selling the buns of steel since he was you know been promoting that for a bit doing that gimmick for a tad so having go having him go out there and do the buns of steel stuff that was pretty funny um Let's see what else was good. Uh, we saw Tanahashi essentially uh, get Kenta with the kendo sticks and ends up DQing himself. So uh, Tanahashi snapping uh, and doing the DQ, I think falls in line with the story. Which falls in line with the story that they've been telling, and it also, uh, you know, again previews their match that we saw on day two, which was phenomenal. So we will talk about that once we actually get to day two. But in the meantime, uh, let's see if we got any comments on this match here. If not, we're going to go ahead and move on. Uh, once again, guys, HumperChats.com. If you want to send in your Humper Chat, you can. If not, you can send in a uh, Super Chat. And hopefully I do good, because if I do bad, I'm not going to get another show. Uh, so you guys can go ahead and send those in as we continue on. But let's see what we got here, guys. Uh, this one is from uh, Zeno Hour, who says that night one was decent overall. Haven't finished night two yet, but the flow feels a lot better. Uh, it's definitely a lot better. Like 100%, not even joking. Definitely a lot better. Uh, let's move on because we got plenty to talk about. Uh, we had the United Empire, Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, and the Great Ocon versus Los Ingobernables uh, of Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Uh, this one was okay. Again, similar to the previous match, this was previewing the day two matches between Sonata and the Great Ocon, Naito, and Cobb. Um, the only things that I would say about this match is that it had a little bit of a boring start, and the only time this match was good was when Will Ospreay was essentially in there getting all this offense and basically like just adding flavor to this match man but everything else for me was kind of just there we I did like in the beginning of this match we saw Will Ospreay essentially sitting out in a chair basically saying that he was gonna let let Jeff Cobb and the Great Ocon do the heavy lifting obviously given the fact that he has you know a major upcoming match on night two why the hell not I did like that but honestly it was when he went into this match that this match actually began to step up um, but um, we did see the Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, and Great, Great O'Conn get the win fairly quickly. Uh, not a terrible match, not a great match either. And this is what I hate, man. Like, I hate that, like, day one. I feel like I have to say that a lot about a couple of matches, given the fact that they weren't that great. However, this next match, this was my favorite, uh, I would say, 
Yes, my favorite match of the night. And I think that this was the first match of the show that I kind of felt like, all right, here we go. Like this not only has like this, you know, great story to it as to why we're even here, why we're even having this match, but also like just the actual execution of it. Like this was the one thing to me that was really worth watching day one. And the match that I'm talking about is Shibata versus Ren Narita. That was honestly the best match of the night. Now, uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what was going on with this and, you know, kind of why this match was so good and why it was really worth, you know, tuning into night one of Wrestle Kingdom. So Shibata is, you know, returning from a brain injury that nearly killed him. And he was out for, I think, four and a half years, everybody. So that is... um you know, that's something serious. You probably, you know, weren't expecting to see him back, etc. So to be able to have him, you know, be out here having this match, I think was just like already a feel good moment within itself, because it's like, dude, like you overcame this, uh, a brain injury, like from what I gather, like, I know that, you know, I don't know, like all the details of this, but I know, like, you know, obviously he was bleeding from the brain. And I don't want to get into those gruesome details. But it really just kind of paints the picture for you as to why this was, you know, pretty special to see him out there uh, in this match with Ren Narita, who literally just came back from excursion. And uh, I think a lot of people were probably wondering, like, hey, why did they put Ren Narita against Shibata in this match? And the reason for that is New Japan sees Ren Narita as a star, and he's also one of Shibata's best students. So I honestly think it was the right call to have Ren Narita in this match against Shibata. So let's talk about it because this was good. So this was supposed to be a uh, grap. Uh, this was supposed to be a grappling match, a catch wrestling match. So to kind of protect Shibata, you know. Again, we mentioned the injuries. So to kind of protect him, that was the original intent of this match. However, at the top of this match, he essentially announced that it would be a regular match. So we got into this and dude, this was really good. So I think what made this match feel uh, very, what, what made it very entertaining was that this was a bunch of of high level grappling the grappling that you were seeing between these two guys was so phenomenal just kind of seeing them just like just like following all of it was really brilliant it was cool to see how they went from one thing to another thing it was a fun uh way to follow it on top of that they had a lot of strikes exchanged between the both of them but it looked different and the way that i'm the best way to describe the striking between both of them in this match is that they made it look very very real but not dangerous like I don't know how else to describe the striking other than that like it didn't it, it looked very real but not to the point where you're like oh like I'm cringing you know seeing this no instead it was just very uh very very entertaining so honestly hate to bury house of torture but like even just two minutes of this match Way better than anything from House of Torture. But either way, uh, this was honestly the first good match of the night. And if you don't have time to, you know, devote, you know, however many hours to Wrestle Kingdom, uh, I would at least suggest going out and making sure to watch this match here. Um, let's see what we got, guys. Uh, send in any thoughts. Once again, everybody, if you want to get your comments, your questions, or your statement, you can send in a super chat or you can also send in a humper chat. And I will make sure to read your statement. So let's see what we got here. Uh, let's see if we got any good comments. I probably will uh, pull up some non-Super Chat ones, but don't tell Sean. Uh, this one's from Cookies X4, who says Shibata makes up his own rules. Uh, brilliant. Uh, we got people just basically saying some good stuff on here. I think people, for the most part, uh, you know, are really excited to see... Uh, 
Really excited to see him back in the ring and all of that good stuff. Uh, really putting over Shibata and whatnot. Um, alrighty, guys, let's go ahead and continue on. Uh, once again, if you guys are on this channel, I do want to remind you if you haven't subscribed to Fightful already, we are like way past over 60,000 subscribers. This channel has been growing fast and it has been like we have shows literally every single day, I think. Or like almost every single day. So make sure you guys are subscribed if you haven't subscribed already. But now, let's move on. Uh, oh, God, guys, this next match. Um, <laughs> Joe Pearl says, you can hate on House of Torture, but you can't hate on Dick Togo. That's the rule. Uh, well, thank you so much for putting in these rules here. Uh, but let's talk about Evil versus Tomohiro Ishii uh, for the Never Openweight Championship. Oh, God, guys. All right, so Ishii is legitimately one of my favorite people to watch in New Japan. Like, I, you could put new freaking Ishii against my hand sanitizer and that shit would be good, all right? Pardon my language, but it would be phenomenal. And uh, this match, this match against Evil was only good when Ishii was kicking his butt. When Ishii had any sort of offense on Evil, that's when this match was good. They literally kicked it off doing like an exchange with the chairs, you know, back and forth, kind of like swords, but with the chair. Uh, there was a moment where they even knocked uh, knocked a person on the outside with the chairs. Um, but literally, the, we saw like some killer clotheslines from Ishii, which were always great. Uh, it, it's just crazy to me. Like, it's hard to have a bad match with Ishii. And I think Evil accomplished that here. They did a ref bump which was expected. As I mentioned, this is what they rely on. Uh, we see Dick Togo obviously get involved in this match, attacking Ishii. But Ishii essentially, you know, gets back on to, you know, gets his own. He's not going to be taken out. He gives uh, Evil a bunch of headbutts, which I loved, a bunch of lariats. But then in the end, we see Evil get the win with the everything is evil. And I was just kind of like, womp, womp. Um, not necessarily in love with this one, but let's see. I don't know what else to say, guys. Uh, this is from Ten, who says, makes me wonder if House of Torture is literally named that just to torture the viewers and perhaps get cheap heat. I've thought about that. I'm not going to lie to you. I've definitely thought about that, okay? Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely thought about that. Uh, Vash says, boof, this was an overbooked mess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say, but if you want to describe it that way, for sure. Uh, we got JJ, the distraction says, I now need Ishii versus Denise's hand sanitizer. I mean, at this point, guys, damn, uh, that probably would have been better. Um, anyways, but let's go ahead and move on. We still got a couple more things to highlight on night one. Uh, once again, uh, Let's get into Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto uh, versus the Dangerous Techers, which is the team of Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi for the IWGP Tag Team titles. Um, This was fun. Uh, so let's a little bit of like really quickly. So the reason why you're seeing Yoshihashi and Goto in this match is they won the World Tag League uh, to earn this title shot. So that's why they were there. Um. I think truthfully, guys, so I mentioned that I was watching the show super early in the morning yesterday, and I think this was the point of the show where I almost gave up. I thought that this match kind of had a boring start. I wasn't necessarily 
Um, I wasn't necessarily feeling this one. I think that probably the best part of this match, which I actually enjoyed, was anytime we saw Zack Sabre Jr. in the ring. And the second that he went in, there was a moment that I really loved because he goes into this match, literally takes everybody out, and then is absolutely brutalized. And I mean brutalized by this killer Larry, uh, lariat from Godo, which I loved. Um, so that was good. And then this match started to pick up midway, and I was like, all right, cool, cool cool like this is picking up um but we did end up seeing new tag team champs and goto and yoshihashi and this was honestly you know a feel-good moment because yoshihashi uh has been coming into his own guys and within the last year he's been coming into his own he's been getting more prominent positions so i think that this was a uh you know nice little feel-good win but for the most part the match was really nothing to you know be over the moon about so uh let's go ahead and continue on Alrighty, everybody, let's get into, uh, finally, this is where the show starts picking up just a little bit for night one. Uh, we have Hiromu Takahashi versus Al Desperado for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, this is fun, guys. This is a fun one. So, um, first of all, Al Desperado has been having a really good year. So, uh, I think that this kind of just continued that. Hiromu won the best of the uh, Super Juniors, which was why he was in this match. Um, but before we get to that, we got a super chat. Thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson, who says, I'm glad Yoshihashi finally won the IWGP gold. And I think it's time for Zach to go to the main event. I can't argue with there. I can't argue with you on that. So thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending this very kind super chat. Um, I really appreciate it. All right, uh, let's get into this. So Hiromu Takahashi versus Al Desperado, uh, two guys that I'm definitely a big fan of here. So I love this. This is finally the match where I'm like, I love this. I love that. Let's get into it. So um, this was the beautiful thing about the match. So the beautiful thing about this match, which made it flow and made it very eye-pleasing, was you saw both of these guys really, uh, you know, countering each other back and forth. And the way that they were doing this counter, like wrestling, uh, it was very interesting to see how they just like went from one thing to another thing and how they essentially countered that. And the reason why I particularly like this, you know, so much more and why I feel like I have to rave about it in this uh, conversation is literally because a lot of the time that you see uh countering like the way that you were seeing uh Takahashi and uh Desperado do I feel like that is not always easy to do in a way that makes it look very crisp and they made it look very crisp I think a lot of times when you see this type of countering it also looks very choreographed and this did not have that like this did not look or feel choreographed whatsoever so for me it kind of like I feel like I have to give it like extra points because that's what really made this match I think a little bit more special was kind of seeing that um, between both of these guys um, additionally, the uh, story going into this match too is, and this is very important because we're seeing this story in this match and we're seeing it unfold. And that is that Hiromu is essentially the star of the division, even though he's not the champion, he's, uh, you know, he's still the star, right? So Al Desperado was really in this match proving 
uh, that he is just as every bit as good as good as Hiromu. And so for me, seeing that uh, kind of brought him up to that next level. Like I already mentioned, he's been having a good year, but moving up to that next level with this performance, I think kind of just added so much to that. Um, some awesome spots that we saw here was a really nice topic on Hero from Al Desperado. I really, really loved his split-legged uh, frog splash. Very, very nice. Enjoyed that. Um, also, I really love that both of these guys, given that they both did excursions in Mexico and CMLL, I really like that they incorporated a lot of that uh, uh, Lucha style into this match, which, again, made it just that much more fun. Uh, for the win, we ended up seeing Al Desperado hit not one, but two Pinche Locos, uh, which are the Angel Wings uh, for the win. So really good match. A perfectly wrestled match. Go out of your way to watch it. This was a good one, uh, a highlight of day one. Um, all right, guys, let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and move on. Uh, for those of you guys who want to know what part of the show we are on, we are still on day one, and I'm about to hop into the main event. And then from this, we'll go ahead and jump into night two, uh, which had a lot of really good stuff. Um, all right, guys, let's get into the main event. Okada versus Shingo Takagi uh, for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, this was, um, I don't think this, I'm trying to decide about how I felt about this one in terms of, I know it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my favorite of the night. I think my favorite were the, you know, the last match that I just spoke about. I think that was probably my favorite of the night. Uh, but this one was still very good. It was a pretty lengthy match, but it was a... Uh, it was kind of like the beginning of it was simple, but it wasn't boring, though. I think that given the fact that obviously both of these guys are really phenomenal workers, I mean, surprised that they had a great match. That's really what it was. They had a good match here. Um, Some of the moments that I really liked was when Okada did that running uh, crossbody on the outside of the ring. That was funny, too, because the crowd isn't able to cheer. They're not able to cheer given the fact that there's the COVID restrictions and all of that. And this was the... I think this got the biggest pop of the night from the crowd because even they couldn't kind of hold back their reactions uh, to that running crossbody from Okada. So that was really fun. Uh, we saw a really nice lariat from Shingo to Okada. Uh, we saw my favorite part of this was when Shingo started mocking Okada and Okada just finally snaps and literally just like starts pounding him um, with left and right. I thought that was probably my favorite uh, portion of this. We saw a really, really cool superplex off the top rope uh, followed by a sliding lariat, which was very good. Obviously, we saw that beautiful dropkick from Okada. Uh, Shingo hits the made in Japan, but it ends up being a near fall. And then uh, for the win, we end up seeing Okada get the win with multiple lariats so that was really nice and post-match you know uh this is obviously the first time that he has won the IWGP world the world heavyweight championship since those titles uh uh were essentially unified so he retires the old belt. That was really nice. I thought it was a really uh, respectful way to say goodbye to this belt and also, you know, obviously be crowned with the new belt and all of that. So that was really good. Um, overall, those were the highlights of night one. Three matches, which I really liked, including the two main events uh, and the Shibata match. But now... We're going to go ahead and move on to night two, which had really just a lot more, uh, a lot of good, good 
top to bottom wrestling. But before we do, guys, a friendly reminder to everybody, if you are in this chat, do not be shy. Go ahead and send in some comments. I will be reading some of those as we go throughout this stream, uh, whether it be about night one or night two. Get in here. Don't be shy. Make sure to leave a comment. On top of that, if you would like, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point throughout this show. Uh, I appreciate them. Uh, and again, basically says, hey, Denise, you can come back and do another show. Uh, so you can definitely uh, send that in. Or if you want, you can also send in a Humper Chat at HumperChat.com. If you have a specific match that you want to talk about, uh, you can get your Humper Chat in on there. We do have Joe Pearl, who is monitoring that entire thing. So I will be getting those as they come in. So um, you can go ahead and send those as you please. On top of that, before we get into night two, a uh, quick plug, everybody. Um, if you haven't already, I really don't know what you're waiting for. Head on over to FightfulSelect.com. Join four, over 4,000 patrons right now on FightfulSelect.com. That is the place where you get all of the, you know, the latest news. Uh, you know, there's always so much news going on, like, every single day. And I feel like my inbox is const constantly being flooded with breaking news from FightfulSelect.com. So you want to stay up to date with all of the wrestling and all of the scoops and additionally get all of these bonus podcasts and news and all of that good stuff uh you're more than welcome to head on over to fightfulselect.com make sure you guys subscribe and again join over 4,000 plus fightful select subscribers all right uh let's get into this guys night two which featured a lot of really good wrestling guys um let's do this uh it opened up the night again we're not talking about pre-show matches i'm just getting into the main card everybody i woke up at 6 a.m to watch this show um this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do read a book take a nap play some video games do something for a friend volunteer a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. We got the three-way tag team match, which was Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask teaming up together to face Taguchi and Rocky Romero uh, to take on uh, uh, Ishimori and El Fantasmo. So this was a fun opener, polar opposite of the night before. This was a fast-paced, uh, lucha-style match. Very, very enjoyable. And I really need to highlight a specific person in this match because uh, I thought this person did a phenomenal job and probably had some of the best... Uh, uh, 
definitely shined the brightest in this. And that was Robbie Eagles. Dude, he was very, very impressive in this match. Like he was, uh, he looked really good. Damn. I really feel we got to give him his kudos on this one because I think that he kind of brought this match to, uh, kind of made it just a little bit more exciting, but Honestly, every single guy in this match went out there. They all brought something different to the table. Again, like I said, this was a very fast-paced Lucha-style match. So you did get to see, you know, a little bit of everything, which I appreciated. There was a um, there was an interesting little moment during this match. So we had El Fantasmo, who essentially has been doing this whole, like, loaded boot gimmick. So that's why you saw a lot of people sell the boot a lot, because uh, he's doing the loaded boot. Uh, boot gimmick so during this match they take off the boot and it turns out that he has like this metal piece inside his boot and so he essentially gets kicked out of this match and uh they they basically carry him away which was kind of funny but to be honest like I like this but I don't necessarily like it either because I almost feel like when I watch New Japan I'm not necessarily always there for these types of like um I like to just watch like straight wrestling. So for me, this kind of took away from the momentum that these guys had. It kind of took away from the flow of the match. And obviously it pertained to the story that they're telling, but it kind of killed the flow a little bit for me because it was a major like stop and then go moment. So I wasn't necessarily um, in love with that, but either way pertain to the story so I guess we can't complain too much but Robbie Eagles Tiger Mask end up winning this match uh retain the titles good for them uh I enjoyed their work so a really nice uh opening match here um all right guys <laughs> we got somebody here who says it's 3 a.m and I'm here for New Japan review Denise thank you very very much I appreciate it guys I appreciate it uh, let's get into this next one so this one is kind of a big deal because it was the start of match and this was the first time that you're seeing a woman's match on the actual main card of uh, Wrestle Kingdom normally they are usually on the pre-show uh, due to broadcasting rights so you don't normally get to uh, you know see these women's matches on the main card so this was this was fun, all right? So this match, I think, was a little bit under 10 minutes. And these women literally utilized each and every single minute of this match. Um, we had Tom Nakano versus uh, Saya Kamitani uh, versus Mayo Iwatani and Starlight Kid. Uh, I hope I got this pronunciations correct. If I didn't, please forgive me. Um, before I get into that, give me one second. I'm going to make sure that I... Uh... All right, so... We did get a uh, Humper Chat. So thank you so much to R26 who sent in a uh, Humper Chat for this match. R26 says, The women of stardom showed out. Hopefully it leads to more showcases and maybe even some title matches on future shows. Dude, I, like, honestly, when you go out there and you are in this position to essentially really be, you know, to be the first and to have this position, you really need to go out there and do your very best. Like you need to, there's, there's no room for arrows. Like you're judged at a different, you know, on a different microscope. Right. So for me, I really have to applaud them because like I said, this match was under 10 minutes and every single minute was entertaining. 
very, very entertaining. So we did see uh, T- Tam and Saya win this match. Uh, we saw a beautiful Phoenix Splash for the win. But before that, um, let's talk a little bit about some of the people uh, that I kind of felt shined a little bit uh, more in this match and some of the good things that we saw. So again, fast paced action the entire time. Really kept the action going. Lots of very high energy, beautiful suplexes throughout this entire match. A uh, really good stuff. Um, but I do want to. Uh, I wanted to do. I do want to highlight Starlight Kid. I think that Starlight Kid kind of brought something a little bit uh, more unique to this match, and I kind of want to make sure to give her her flowers on this one because she brought uniqueness to it. And for me, it kind of took the match to another level. And again, this was a short match but either way it still kind of presented uh it it just made it better so I do want to give her a shout out for that because I think she was my favorite of the match and really made me enjoy it so I do got to say kudos to all four women in this match it was really fun and really uh joyful to see very joyful to see really really appreciated it um all right guys uh we're gonna go ahead and move on uh, before we do, uh, let's get some comments in here. Because I know some people are sending comments. So I want to make sure to read this one. Um, this one's from Vash, who says, The start of match ruled that Phoenix Splash um, was flush. Uh, that was really good stuff. We got a comment from Mayor, who says, Super Juniors obviously stacked this year. Robbie Eagles always delivers. Love El Fantasmo. Also, can't believe they uh, access... Uh, can't believe they accessed the loaded boot. Uh, yeah, really good stuff. Well, a man of culture says stardom did well choosing who wrestled this match. They couldn't have picked a better four rest. They couldn't have picked four better wrestlers for the time that they were allotted. Um, really, really like that. Um, completely agree with that. Um, all right, guys, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, so this next match here was pretty fast, but um, it was a quick match, but it was action-packed and probably better than uh, some of the other stuff that we have seen in the past with this. So this is the King of Pro Wrestling uh, trophy match. We had the last four guys from the Rambo, which were Chase Owens, uh, Shima, and Minoru Suzuki, and uh, Toru Yanu. So what you had here was three solid workers and then the comedy of Toru Yanu. So for me, I think that this was kind of an improvement on the past uh, uh, King of Pro Wrestling matches because normally the, normally those matches are defended in like silly gimmick matches where you have like, uh, they're voted on by the fans. So you have like a tequila drinking contest or a blindfold match or like a one arm tied behind your back type of match. Uh, so this was really, this was just a, four-way which was kind of the gimmick was the fact that it was a four-way but you don't normally get the caliber of workers that you got in this match uh, with Shima and Suzuki so for me I kind of feel like that you know just made it feel a little bit more uh a little bit more special right uh we do end up seeing uh Suzuki get the win with the gotch uh, style pile driver and uh, he gets his trophy. He ends up pinning Toru gets his trophy. And then post-match, there was this really funny moment because post-match, um, he puts Toru in a sleeper and then Yano freaking gets the handcuffs and handcuffs him to the ropes. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, are you nuts? You literally just handcuffed Minoru Suzuki to the ropes. Uh, so that was funny. A cute little moment. Uh, very enjoyable. Uh, definitely something that uh, felt a little bit, uh, a little bit special here. Now, um, 
This next match, guys, I'm going to be honest, man. I'm going to be so honest here with this next match. And forgive my brutal honesty, but this match was not that great. Um, we had the never six-man tag team titles, the House of Torture, Evil, uh, Takahashi, and Sho versus Hiroki Goto, uh, Yashi, Yoshihashi, and Yo. Um this was not good, guys. This was not a great match for me. I was so bored out of my mind. And like I said, I was watching. This is where I came up with the uh, watching House of Torture matches at 6 a.m. is torture because I did not like this match whatsoever. Uh, we did get to see them get the win. Uh, they won via low blow and the use of a wrench. So that's it. I don't even want to talk about this match. We're moving on. We're moving on because that was not good. Um, all right, guys. Let's get into this. Um, let's actually, all right, let's get into the Noah stuff because as you all know, Wrestle Kingdom Night 3, we are going to be getting the Noah guys versus the New Japan guys. So we had the Noah guys come out and this was great. I love this because they're basically talking about them um, being the number one promotion and they're going to, you know, bring down New Japan and they're going to be the number one promotion, right? But what I particularly liked about this was everything that Keno did. Keno, <laughs> Keno does not do uh, friendly uh, invasions. He does not do friendly invasions. He went off, okay? Uh, and obviously, you know, I don't, I, I don't speak the language, but based on, based on how it was delivered and based on what commentary was translating, I thought that this was pretty funny because he basically uh, buries the attendance. He buries the attendance, even though they have obviously the COVID restrictions, but he buries the attendance and. And just, uh, I thought that that was really funny. And he just kind of continues, you know, going off and, you know, is burying everybody, burying the people and everything. I just kind of thought that it was funny that he doesn't do these friendly invasions. Um, Shingo ends up coming out. He addresses them. Then he kind of, you know, realizes that they're outnumbered. So he ends up going back. So this was fun. Uh, I really like that. Um, all right, guys. So here we go. Let's go ahead and uh, move on. So I actually want to pull up a couple of super uh, Humper Chats that we got. Um, these ones do not pertain to a certain match, but I want to read them right now. This one is from Luis Hernandez. So thank you so much to Luis Hernandez for sending in a Humper Chat. He says, um, haven't seen Wrestle Kingdom, but here to show Denise and Fightful Love. I appreciate it, guys. Um, it is not easy to, you know, do a solo show by yourself which i do a lot but also you know to recap two shows that had like a million matches uh it's a lot a lot of information that you got to retain so i really appreciate uh you know fightful giving me the opportunity to come out here and do this with you guys and also um just the opportunity to get to talk about something that isn't wwe or aew it gives me a little bit of a of a you know just a different, a different um, scenery, different scenery. That's for sure. Um, on top of that, guys, if you watch, if you're watching live or if you watch the replay of this or you're listening on the audio version, wherever you're listening, um, please, if you enjoyed this post show, uh, I urge you like go in, like tweet and say like, hey, good job or like not good job, but like let people know you enjoyed the post show because uh, that helps me out a whole lot. You know, if I want to do, you know, more shows in the future, uh, that opportunity will be there. The amount of positive feedback that I got when I did the triple mania show. Uh, that was amazing feedback. So that was really, really good uh, for me, at least. But on top of that, it really just helps continue to grow Fightful. Uh, like I mentioned on here, this channel is growing and they're growing everywhere. So make sure you guys are part of that. Make sure you guys support whenever you guys can. And that includes, you know, hopping into the streams, etc. 
you guys know we all grow together. Uh, we also have another Humper chat. This one is from Jose Bivion, who says, Hola, Denise. I miss Jay White with him and Ibushi these years. Um, this year's show felt a little light. Hopefully, uh, uh, King Switchblade finds his way back to Japan soon, maybe after a stop or two at AEW. Uh, yeah, and I got to talk uh, to JY. When did I get to talk to him? Uh, God, when was it? What, a month ago, maybe? Maybe a little less than that? I don't remember when I got to talk to him. I think it was like a month ago. Um, thank you so much to Jose for sending in that Humper Chat. We also have another Humper Chat from DKC Returns who says, what up, gang? Here's a few bugs. Hella love me some Denise and the Grab City Boys of Distraction. Kate, Alex, all great content with great personalities. Uh, Fightful, hella humps. Uh, Fightful definitely humps. So if you, uh, we appreciate the love. Thank you so much to DKC Returns uh, for supporting the entire Fightful community. All right, guys, let's continue on because we still got more to talk about in this uh, Night 2 Wrestle Kingdom. Um, once again, guys, before I continue on, friendly reminder, if you want to send in a super chat or a humper chat, you are more than welcome to. Again, it just continues supporting this show. But now let's get into another time for Denise to bury somebody. Oh, God. All right. Great Ocon versus Sonata. No, I don't care. I have to be very honest, guys. Oh, this match was not good. This was not for me. This was not for me. I'm not a fan of the Great Ocon. Pardon me. Pardon me. I'm not a fan. All right. Um, so here we go. Proceed with the burial here. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it in a nice way, though. I, I don't know how to do it in a nice way. Ugh. The God, where do I begin? All right. This is all gimmick, but not the kind of gimmick that I enjoy. I felt that everything he did in this match was very, very slow, very, very dull, and everything looked fake. I'm sorry, but I do not love it. I did not love this match. Um, you know, his whole thing is that he likes to work on the face. So he does a bunch of face plants and all of that. And I get it. There's reason to that. I appreciate that aspect of it. But the offense looks stupid. So I was not a fan of that. Um, so for me, this felt like a lot of waiting around. This felt like a lot of Sonata, you know, really waiting. Like, I, I, it, was, it was not believable. A lot of the stuff that we saw in this match wasn't believable for me. So I thought that it went too long. Sonata ended up getting the win. And when this match ended, I said, thank God. So personally, sorry for being brutally honest, but this match was not for me. Um, <laughs> August 3 says, don't be nice with the burial. I have to be nice with the burials, guys. Like, at least I try to be nice, but there's no nice way to bury someone. There really isn't. But dang, I just was not a fan of this. And I'd rather be honest with you guys and, you know, take some heat for that than not be honest and, you know, just pretend like I like everything. Um, but I'm not burying Sonata. Like, I'm literally just burying freaking Great Ocon. This match was not that great. Um, I would have loved to see Sonata versus anybody else. Apparently, my hand sanitizer would be better. But uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, jump in. Uh, people want to know if the Great Ocon was replaced by the Great Oshan. Would this match be better? Um, yeah, which is saying a whole lot. <laughs> All right, uh, but let's get into a match that I did love. Um, please, I love this match. Uh, Naito versus Jeff Cobb. So first and foremost, damn, Jeff Cobb, like every time I see him, the guy just gets like bulkier and bulkier. And 
Jeff Cobb is a great guy, guys. Like, I'm a big fan of Jeff Cobb. Uh, you know, I got to interview him a couple years ago, and he's just a really good, uh, really good guy, really nice personality, very down to earth. And I love to see him, you know, anytime I can see him wrestle, it, it's a joy for me to watch. So seeing him in this match with Naito, I really, really appreciated it. Now, here's the things that I do want to get at and why I enjoyed this match. So aside from it being visually pleasing, um, it was a simple story here. And the simple story, this is the best way to describe it. You have Naito working the knee of Jeff Cobb throughout this entire match. And you have Jeff Cobb just basically showing how strong he is. And that is always impressive to see. And so you saw that throughout this entire match. Very uh, simple but entertaining as hell. Uh, Naito ended up winning with the Destino, and it was honestly one of the best matches of the night. Uh, very effective and very entertaining. If you did not watch Wrestle Kingdom Day 2, and you're like, let me pick and choose what matches to watch, I highly recommend you watch Naito versus Jeff Cobb. It was good stuff, guys. Really good stuff. Um, alrighty, everybody. Let's go ahead and uh, continue on. Uh, let's see what we got here after this. All right, we are, we got two more matches and then we are, uh, it's a wrap. Yes. All right. So let's do this. Uh, I love this match. Okay. So this next match was definitely my favorite out of both nights. This was dope. This was super cool. Um, uh, we had Tanahashi versus Kenta in a, uh, no DQ match for the IWGP US heavyweight championship. This was really awesome. So first and foremost, in New Japan, these DQ matches are a rarity. And this was a straight hardcore match. Uh, and especially to see a guy like Hiroshi Tanahashi in this match, uh, a, a guy of his position in a match like this, it's not very often that you see that. And that was obviously a big uh, part of this story leading into this, leading into this match and also during this match. But they did a lot in this that I wouldn't say was like outrageous by any means, but it was amazingly entertaining. So let's talk about some of the uh, moments that I really like. So obviously you're seeing the utilization of a lot of the weapons and, you know, we're seeing chairs and excuse me, we're seeing uh, ladders and tables. That's what I meant. Ladders and tables. And so there's this moment where we're seeing uh, Tanahashi try to set up a table and it was like the best thing ever because he was kind of he was kind of struggling, which makes sense to the story, right? It makes total sense, but it was so enjoyable uh, to see. Then there was a moment where I was kind of like, oh, shoot. So there was a guitar spot. There is a spot where uh, Tanahashi uh, gets the guitar and literally just like bangs it over his head, right? Over Kenta's head. But here's the thing. I'm pretty positive that was a shoot guitar because, dude, you could see the indentation of his uh, head in the guitar, but the guitar didn't, like, explode like it normally does. Like, you, you usually see guitar shots, and you see the pieces of the guitar, you know, flying everywhere. You didn't see that here. It was, like, a very simple uh, indentation, and then that was, like, kind of the end of it. So, for me, I thought that was a really, really uh, cool uh, cool spot there uh, to kind of see. Um, BTW, before I continue on, we got a major super chat. Thank you so much to Steven Turner for sending in a super chat. Thank you very much. Uh, Steven says, I was there at the Dome in the second row for night two. Uh, can happily die having seen Tanahashi do a high fly flow off a ladder through a table. Uh, mere meters away from me. Love the night overall. And dude, first of all, uh, awesome that you got to experience that. And on top of that, like we're talking about how Hiroshi Tanahashi, we don't normally 
see him in this kind of a match. So I, and, and I, I was thinking too, like when I was watching the show, I was like, damn, like COVID really sucks, man. Like, can you imagine like being in the crowd and like wanting to like mark out for some of the stuff you're seeing and obviously having to kind of, you know, hold yourself back a little bit. Um, I was thinking about that uh, during this, but obviously dude, like it was very enjoyable. I think, he, I think you got to witness um, a really phenomenal thing. Uh, so thank you so much to Steven for uh, sending in the super chat. Uh, let's continue on some other because there was more awesome moments. Uh, we saw Tanahashi do a uh, sling blade on a pile of chairs uh, to Kenta. That was really good. But one of the parts that I really liked was when Tanahashi went to the top row and did the high fly flow from the top rope. But he was originally so you know kenta was still on the pile of chairs so he was you know aiming at kenta on the pile of chairs but kenta moves out of the way and tanahashi just goes you know right into the pile of chairs and i love this and the reason why i love this more is because usually when guys know that you know the person's gonna move out of the way they kind of change a little bit of how they do you know their moves to you know minimize the impact right and tanahashi did not do that like he did not not minimize the impact whatsoever he went straight to it like if kenta wasn't gonna move out of the way so personally for me that added so much more um to this we saw kenta do a falcon arrow to tanahashi putting him through a table that was really cool and then there was a little bit of an awkward moment but awkward but hilarious so we saw kenta setting up a ladder obviously the ladders are different than the ladders you know you see in wwe and aw and all of that so you see him set up this really tall ladder but the little i don't know the little things in the middle like you have to like connect uh he kind of struggled a little bit right uh and it was funny though it was funny because he was struggling and with everybody being so quiet it kind of felt a little bit awkward um but i kind of thought that it was kind of funny and then on top of that eventually like towards the end the crowd starts like clapping and like you know encouraging him so I really really uh I I like that I don't know why but I found that incredibly interesting um all right Let's get into the more stuff that happened. This next spot was absolutely brutal. We saw Kenta goes to the top of the ladder. Tanahashi essentially shakes the ladder, drops him, and he ends up going straight into a trash bin, but not into the trash bin. Like he hits the trash bin, right? And immediately you see the camera shot of his face. Um, from the looks of it, his face hit like kind of the corner of that trash bin. And, uh, Kenta is like busted open. He gets busted open immediately from that spot. So that was really, um, that was sick. That was really brutal. And then finally for the finish, this was a phenomenal way to close off this match. We see Tanahashi go to the top of the ladder and do a high fly flow from the top of the ladder onto Kenta, who is on a table. Um, and that is how he ends up getting the win. That was a really good way to finish the match. It was exciting. And as somebody mentioned earlier from this, uh, Steven Turner, uh, as he mentioned, that was a really, uh, I could only imagine being there. That must have been really, really fun to see. So uh, good stuff, man. Uh, if you did, again, if you did not watch Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, make sure to watch this match. This is a can't miss match match it can't mismatch 
All right, guys, we are moving on to the uh, final match of the night. Before we do, again, I want to throw in a couple of plugs before we get into the final match. If you haven't subscribed to Fightful over here on YouTube, please make sure you guys click that subscribe button. I know Sean and the entire Fightful team is working really hard to get to that 100K mark by the end of the year. If I can be a smart part of that and convince you guys to click that subscribe button, please make sure you do. And on top of that, uh, if you haven't followed me on Twitter and or on Instagram, I am at underscore Denise Salcedo. I am officially less than a thousand followers away from 50k. So you guys can go ahead and click that follow button. But now let's get into the main event of the night. We had Okada versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Um, This was another really good match. I thought I honestly thought that I was going to like this match more than the Tanahashi-Kenta match, but I ended up liking it just a little bit less than that one because I think the the that match was just so, you know, so special, I think. So I ended up liking that match more, but I don't want it to take away anything from this match because this match was very entertaining. You have two guys, Okada and Will Ospreay, who are just, you know, so good at what they do. Will Ospreay is actually one of my favorite wrestlers period, because he wrestles the style that I particularly uh, tend to enjoy a little bit more. So for me, like I'm always been like, you know, a fan of Will Ospreay's. But anyways, so some cool spots in this, we see Osprey literally do a moonsault off of a truss, which was really cool to see. That was fun. Okada kind of barely caught him in that spot, uh, but it still looks super cool regardless. Um, after this, we saw, uh, we saw this really awesome moment where we saw Osprey do two shooting star presses. He did one where Okada was literally like balancing in between the ropes. And then he did one on Okada when he was in the center of the ring. So it was kind of cool to see both of those shooting star presses back to back. Uh, I was a fan of that. Uh, also in this match, we saw Will Ospreay essentially uh, mock Okada by doing the Rainmaker pose. And Okada clearly doesn't like, he obviously is not going to like that whatsoever. So Okada ends up hitting him uh, with the Stormbreaker. He hits him with the Stormbreaker. Uh, and uh, that was kind of cool to see, kind of get getting revenge for him, mocking him by using Osprey's finishing maneuver. So that was pretty cool. Uh, they exchange forearms back and forth. I like how the crowd, you know, claps along whenever they do the, you know, the forearm exchange. That was pretty nice. I think it adds a little something to it. But in the end, we do see Okada retain the title, hits the Rainbow maker gets the win in this match overall a nice performance by both guys uh really good stuff there um and then uh post-match we do get naito uh challenging okada guys so that is pretty much what went down at wrestle kingdom night one and night two but let's get some comments here um uh Let's see if we got some interesting stuff here. This one's from Mayor, who says Tanahashi has the best frog splash in the business. Also, the drop kick into the corner on Tanahashi with a massive pile of chairs. Uh, that was disgusting. Uh, Greg Carter says it's it's being it being 6 a.m. Eastern time made Kenta's nose look worse. Dude, I can imagine. Um, Mayor says his nose looked looked broken at the bridge. Completely brutal injury. Uh, yeah, it definitely did not. It was not pretty to see whatsoever. Definitely not pretty. Uh, but anyways, um, all right, guys, there you go. That was night one, night two, uh, night three will be taking place on Friday. We're going to have New Japan versus Noah, and that is going to be uh, nine matches. And on top of that, they have two dark matches, so 11 matches total. But uh, 
nine matches for the main card. So that should be a pretty fun and eventful night. But that is pretty much it, guys. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for joining the show. Uh, please, once again, if you watch this live or if you watch this uh, on the replay, please go ahead and, uh, you know, leave a nice comment, leave a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. If you guys enjoyed this show, uh, please let me know. Let, um, let Sean know so he knows to hire me back once again. Uh, other than that, guys, thank you guys so much. Have a good night, everybody, and I'll see you guys. Oh, wait, don't go anywhere. I forgot. Oh, my God. Um, when is it? When is it? Oh, yeah. Saturday. Sorry. Saturday. I will be here for Hard to Kill with Steven Jensen. It'll be myself and Steven Jensen talking about Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill. Uh, that match, uh, excuse me, that card uh, looks very, very uh, good. I cannot wait to talk about that with Steven Jensen. We've done shows in the past talking about Impact and we've always had a really good time. So please make sure that you guys tune in for that. It's going to be a good time. And the last Super Chat of the day, which I will be reading, which is from Christopher Jazzcat, who says, Happy New Year, all. Really enjoyed both nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Osprey versus Okada had an awesome story with Osprey having an answer to Okada's signature stuff. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you so much to Christopher Jazzcat for ending us off with that super chat. Alrighty, everyone. Thank you guys so much. And I will see you guys back here on Saturday for Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill. Goodbye, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.